The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Thank you for being with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. We appreciate you for being consistent as you listen to us and also for your wonderful comments back to us. And we really do appreciate our sponsors. Couldn't do it without you. So, Bubba, I had a guy yesterday stop me and he said, I'm not looking for risk, but I'm looking for all the yield I can get. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I know what he was talking about. But if the average person is, was standing... Some, some people would say having your cake and eating it too, right? Yeah, because if yeah. they're standing behind me in the Walmart line when this dude says this to me, first of all, mm -hmm. it may have sounded like a bunch of technical financial gobbledygook. I'm not looking for risk, but I'm looking for yield. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to break that apart here. Uh, secondly, if they did kind of understand the nomenclature... It would sound like, yeah. I want my cake, I want to eat it too, yeah. right? So let's take that apart. I'm not looking for risk, but I'm looking for all the yield I can get. So I, I would tell this individual, you are in luck. <laughs> and the reason you are in luck okay. is because things have drastically changed over the last year. So a year ago, if the same dude had stopped me mm -hmm. in the, the line at the grocery store and said that to me, right. what would have been the case? What would it have looked like? So the case a year ago, you were looking at treasury rates. Mm -hmm. And let's first talk about what a treasury is. Yep, yep. It's an issued debt instrument of the U.S. government. Okay. Okay. Right. It's a bond, a government right. bond issued by the U.S. government. All right. Right. And usually, uh, well, uh, not usually, but always, uh, there are different maturities as these things are issued, okay. right? So they can go from three months to six months to nine months to a year to two years to... Uh, Five years, 10 years, uh, yeah. 30 years, that sort so of thing. So on and so forth, right? Right. right. Uh, in the past, and, and by past, I mean about a year ago, mm -hmm. these rates were considerably lower than they are today. All right. All right. Uh, and, and the I'm, reason for that being? We had very, very low Fed funds rate, very, very low uh, uh, yields on uh, government bonds, that sort of thing. CDs, anything that had a fixed rate associated with it. Why do I need to pay more than yeah, you right. when everybody is okay with anything under 2%? And they were very, very low. Historically mm -hmm. low, I would say. They were. Now, that was great for borrowers of money, it right? Was. But for your your income savers, right? Mm -hmm. Those who buy CDs, who buy bonds, and that sort of thing, it's, it has not been a good environment for those individuals. To and be so in. a year ago, I'd have said, uh, "Tough luck, buddy." Right. So a year ago, and, and I'm going to make this number up. I'm mm -hmm. probably way off, but I think a two-year government bond mm -hmm. might have paid you one percent. Mm -hmm. Today, a two-year government bond mm -hmm. is going to pay you around four and a half percent. All that within 12 months. Within 12 months. Right. So let's talk about those investors, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. that owned those bonds, a two-year government bond, a year ago. 
where they're getting less than two percent, probably around probably one. Probably getting around one percent. So right? if I paid ten, I bought ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars worth of bonds yeah. a year ago because mm-hmm. I was afraid of the stock market mm-hmm. or whatever other right. investment alternatives I had. Yeah. I was getting a hundred to two hundred dollars a year. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what one to two yeah. percent on ten thousand dollars is. Now, in the meantime, rates have gone up mm-hmm. fourfold. Mm-hmm. We'll call it right. Mm-hmm. And because they have gone up fourfold, what happens to the price of bonds when interest rates go up? Well, in this case, we can see it. Mm-hmm. I had $10,000 worth of bonds paying 1% to 2%, right. and then Daddy Warbucks over there now can do it at 4%. Right. Does he like my bonds? No, he doesn't like them at all. So my $10,000 worth of bonds are worth less. It's worth less. right? Now, it's going to mature at uh-huh. $10,000, so there's the safety involved. Mm-hmm. But you still have to wait another year mm-hmm. and only earning you know, $100 mm-hmm. on that bond, for and instance. And he can get $400. Whereas he can get $400 today. On so he sure payment. doesn't want to buy my bonds. That's right. Now, I didn't say they were worthless. I said they were worth less. less. That's correct. All right, so yeah. hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there because you made a good point. Mm-hmm. They are going to mature if it's a two-year yeah. bond or whatever. It's going to mature, and I'm going to get my $10,000 yeah. back, right? So even though, and, and this is where that, uh, that risk comes back mm-hmm. in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you said this individual wanted all the yield that he could get without the risk, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, there's risk associated with everything. Even those bonds. Even the government bonds issued by the United States of America Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. have a two-year maturity on them. Right. Right? Now, I can live with that risk probably because it's only two years of duration. I've got to wait. And in the meantime, if they did Mm -hmm. tick up or tick down, I'm probably not paying that much attention. Right. But... Uh, what if I die? Uh, you know, there are a lot of issues. What if I needed the money? Uh, those things are yep. trading every day. There's a secondary market, right? Correct. Yep. And that's a lot of the time related to what's happening in prevailing interest rates on the outside. Mm-hmm. Are they higher and now my bond's worth less, probably? Yep. Or are they lower and now my bond's more attractive? So we see that happen. I'm going to give another metric here as well, and I'm going to be way off on this. Uh, most people like to quote the stock market because mm-hmm. that's the sexy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing that that garners all the news. Mm-hmm. But uh, truthfully, the bond market mm-hmm. is about four to five times larger than the overall stock market. Mm-hmm. And I may be off. It may be 10 times, mm-hmm. right? But it, it is it's significantly huge. larger than the overall stock market as far as trading volumes and that sort of, and debt issuance. Yeah, there. billions and trillions of dollars right. are tra- mm-hmm. changed hands every day. Yeah. And a lot of people are doing investments based on the bond market for a lot of different reasons because mm-hmm. they're connected to a lot of things. You got people around the world that are attracted to U.S. rates and and know the U.S. government and those so- sorts of bonds and don't want to invest mm-hmm. in their company or country. And so, therefore, international money's coming in. Right. And you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So this guy who says he doesn't want a whole lot of risk. Mm-hmm. But he wants all the yield. It probably tells me he's looking for income. That's right. Because he wants that interest coming in. Now, I go back to your two-year bond. It pays interest pretty often. Twice a year. Twice a year. And so, you know, I can say, okay, I'm going to get 4%. That's $400 a year on Mm -hmm. $10,000. Every six months, I'm going to get in a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. And uh, I can maybe say that can be some of my income. Right. 
and I can pretty well count on that. Mm-hmm. Now, in your example where the bond went from 1% to 4%, so those who bought it at 1%, those are worth less for their bonds, they're still getting their $1 to $200. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're still getting their interest payments, mm-hmm. and their, their bond is still going to mature Mm-hmm. at uh, 10000 bucks, mm-hmm. But in the interim, if they were getting ready to sell that bond They'd or, or needed the money, yeah. then they would be uh, you know, paid less. whatever the prevailing rate or, or price would be on that bond, which yeah. is going to be less. So we're going to continue to talk to you people who are looking for yield here on the Advisors Roundtable in the next. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Thanks a lot for being with us. This is a Cooley and Labus Financial Advisors here with you. And so, Bubba, we're talking about yield and uh, trying to find as much income as we possibly can for as little risk as we possibly can. Let's talk about all of the options that somebody in that situation mm-hmm. will be looking for. Yep. All right. So one option is one you touched on, CDs. Now, what well, does CD stand for? So let's let's start just one step prior to that and, and go with a savings account. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a savings account is uh, going to be offered by banks, uh, you know, credit uh Credit, um, credit. What what do you call those? Credit, um, like SEFQ? Yeah, unions. Yeah, credit yeah. unions is the name I was looking for. Um, but it's basically a deposit account that's going to earn a little bit of interest. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be confused with a money market mm-hmm. account. Okay. Okay. Uh, but a savings account is going to earn a smaller amount of interest. Right. Okay. I think a step up from there is probably going to be a CD. At a bank. So when we're talking about safety mm-hmm. of principal, that sort of thing, a CD, I think, generally comes up kind of next on the list. So do you see very many people taking income from a savings account? Uh, very, very little because you're not earning mm-hmm. enough income on a savings account. All right. Uh, you are earning some, okay, but you're not earning enough to make really a dent in your unless you've got millions and millions of dollars <laughs> in a savings account. Millions and right. millions, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, up the credit ladder mm-hmm. and up the yield ladder would be CE, CDs, right? Which are c- certificates of deposit, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, from a, uh, an inst- a banking institution, correct? All right, and they have some kind of uh, insurance on them to guarantee them, that sort of thing? Uh, FDIC Federal can- Deposit uh, Insurance Corporation. FDIC insurance. Right. I believe that the current limits are $250,000 per account. Okay. And so, um, you know, let's use your number, $250,000, and they get 3 or 4%. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So on $250,000, if you're getting 4%, it's about $10,000 a year yep. on $250,000. Uh, that could be decent income. Could be, yeah. Now you got to have $250,000 first. Uh-huh. And a year ago, is it the same holding true for the yeah. CDs and for these other instruments mm-hmm. as it was in the example that you used about the, the bonds? Very, very much so. A year ago, yeah. the, much less yeah. interest. So, it, and, and I'm going to say that uh, ten-year Treasury rates and CD rates are uh, well, not no, no, no. Let me say that CD rates and Treasury rates are very similar okay. right now. They're they're almost in parity with one another. Okay, what we're seeing, especially locally, right? Okay. So I would say that most individuals who go out there and buy a one-year CD mm-hmm. are probably going to get paid three, three and a quarter, three and a half percent. Okay. 
Um, whereas on a one-year treasury, mm-hmm. you're going to get paid maybe three and a half to four percent. Okay, all right. And uh, you see, you do see more people taking income, getting yield, yeah, yeah uh, seeking yield. Yeah. And so far, we haven't mm-hmm. we've we've done what the guy asked us to do. And not a whole lot of risk so far, right? That's right. That's right. And and I'll also say it this way too. I I think with uh with any any individual's asset allocation program, mm-hmm. cash needs to be a component of that. Okay. All right. And many times I like to lump CDs, treasuries, money market accounts, that sort of thing into the cash bucket. Okay. Right? Right. And the reason I do that is, yes, you're going to get a little bit of a yield on it, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you get more, sometimes you get less. Okay. But let's say that we've got, uh, you know, maturities ranging or staggered out to two years. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily money that you're relying on the income, mm-hmm. but you also want the, the, the protection of the principal protected right. on that, right? Right. Yeah, and when somebody says, I don't want a lot of risk, mm-hmm. but I want all the yield I can get, right. they're Kind of restricting you, aren't they? They are. Yeah, absolutely. Because up until now, we're talking about the savings account and the money market account and the CDs there. You're, you're not going to see a whole lot of risk. You, right. you know, your principal is mm-hmm. going to be. Now, there is, however, some risk that is not necessarily um, obvious and 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 mon- or, or financial or uh, I guess numeric mm-hmm. because you know you're going to have ten thousand dollars, let's say, and you put it in a CD for two years, and you're going to get four yeah. percent. When you get your statement, you're not seeing that your ten thousand dollars is going down, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you feel that there's no risk associated with that. Sure. But is there some kind of risk associated with my ten thousand dollars? Another way to look at that would be opportunity risk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is a, a totally different concept altogether. Right. But had you taken that $10,000 and invested it in the stock market, for instance, mm-hmm. and the stock market had gone up 10%, mm-hmm. well, that's the opportunity lost of having been able to uh, achieve a return of 10% in mm-hmm. the stock market uh-huh. as opposed to 2 3 4%. But because this guy says he doesn't want any risk, there is a potential that the 10,000 in the stock market could go down. Potential that the 10,000 in the stock market could go to zero. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So that's probably one of the reasons mm-hmm. he says, I don't want a lot of risk here. Yeah. So there's an opportunity risk associated with this, even though you just, you're still seeing 10,000 on, right. on every one of your statements. Mm-hmm. The other is inflation risk. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because that ten thousand dollars, even though it says ten thousand, and next month it's going to say ten thousand, the next month it's going to say ten thousand. Is the ten? Does the ten thousand have the same buying power? Well, I, I think you can look at that from a number of different aspects, and look at the price of milk, mm-hmm. look at the price of gasoline. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, eggs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, postage stamps, postage whatever. stamps, whatever, right? Yeah, right. Um, I, I think uh, it was last night uh, we were having dinner at my mother-in-law's house. And Kimberly walks in with a, a dozen eggs mm. and says, here you go. But, you know, you need to guard these things with your life. <laughs> you know, five or, five or six bucks for a dozen eggs yeah. is pretty steep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatively speaking to what we're used to. Yeah. And so because, you know, a year ago, maybe that $10,000 could have bought you 10,000 cartons of eggs. Right. 
now you're only going to get 2,600 cartons of it. Right. Meaning that the buying power, mm-hmm. even though it still says 10,000. Your purchasing power has been eroded. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, when interest rates are going up, mm-hmm. that indicates that they're fighting inflation. That's right. Which means that you're probably your purchasing power on that money, even though the number, the numeric value hasn't changed. Yeah. There's still some kind of risk associated there. I, I, I'm going to say something here, and I, I think a lot of our banker friends would get really mad at this. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard uh, CDs mm-hmm. referred to as certificates of depreciation. <laughs> All right, now, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way, right, but right, right, when you right, look right. at the rate environment that we mm-hmm. were in a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. right? Right. And you had a one-year CD that was uh, that maybe paying one half of one percent if you were lucky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and inflation that was kicking along at one percent or one and a half percent. You were kind of keeping up, kind of keeping up, yeah. but still, I mean, but, but larger you still, scale, you, you, you're, yeah. you're still yeah. behind the curve there yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and, and for most people, mm-hmm. whether interest rates for borrowing or for investing are high or low, you can say just about. And any time in my life, if I took a, mm-hmm. it took ten thousand dollars, I could put it in a mason jar or I could stick it in a stock. But at any time in my life, yeah. just about uh, my experience mm-hmm. is from one year to the next, things got more expensive. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very few times in my sixty-one, sixty-two years have have I had a year where things weren't more expensive from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. Very few times. Maybe one or two years back in the 70s, that's a, a little bit of deflation. Right. But that doesn't happen very much. So even though my guy, he, he's really comfortable if he puts the money somewhere and he sees the numbers stay the same, mm-hmm. the real practicality of it is that the buying power of that is maybe not. Right. Uh, from one year to the next. So, let's so, and that and that's another point I think that you bring up seeing that number stay the same, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at a CD, you're going to see that number stay the same. Yes. When you look at a, a savings account, you're going to see that number stay the same. Mm-hmm. When you look at a, a bond, those things are mm-hmm. traded every day. Mm-hmm. So, even though you know that it's going to mature at a certain amount, the right? par amount. Par amount. Right. In the interim, that value could be up or down yeah. from where you originally purchased it. Yeah, and I told a guy about two years ago, he he had an uh, investment statement mm-hmm. like at Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, someplace like that, where he had bought some bonds. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use the number $10,000. He had he put $10,000 in there. But because they're required to give him up-to-the-minute valuation right. of what his bonds are worth, not necessarily the the par value that's going to come in a couple of years, interest rates went up. His bond value went from 10,000 to 9,925. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to see that. I said, well, what you need to do next time is not having a brokerage account. Just tell them to send you the bond right. and you keep it stuck yeah. <laughs> in mm-hmm. your safety deposit box. And you're just not told every month. Then you, and, and you don't have to worry about the daily fluctuation. That's the information that we have today, right? Uh-huh. You've got a valuation on your portfolio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thousands of times during a day. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and it's all about informing us, mm-hmm. and it's good to be informed, but sometimes we don't necessarily want to see that. Right. I just want to know I'm going to get my 10000 in mm-hmm. two years. Yep. Right? And in the meantime, the market does what the market 
does. So we've talked about a few things that will give me yield. I'm going to continue to talk about that because I think a lot of people are looking for yield these days, mm-hmm. but I want to really inform you about all of the associated risk with anything from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. We appreciate you for hanging there with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Supertalk. And so, Bubba, we've been talking about yield. And the guy uh, in my conversation yesterday said that he wanted to have very little, if no risk, but he wanted all the yield he could get. So if you were sitting there looking at him in your office and you're trying to think of alternatives for him, We've talked about savings accounts, and we've talked about money market accounts and CDs and uh, maybe some short-term treasuries, that sort of thing, to try to keep his risk level low. Are there other things that he could invest in, maybe go out on the risk continuum, but also give him yield? So uh, the the next thing that would come to mind would be a... uh, I guess you could look at corporate bonds, okay. right? All right. Do you think that Microsoft is a stable enough company that they could pay their interest payments and, and the principal back upon a certain due date? So big companies... If they even issue bonds at all. So right? big companies, whether Microsoft does or mm-hmm. not, there's yeah. a number of large, right, huge, blue-chip companies mm-hmm. that issue bonds. Yeah, absolutely they do. Pretty often. Pretty often, and it's a, a really big market. I think before we go there, though, I think uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I want to delve into a different area mm-hmm. and, and call that fixed annuities. Okay. So an annuity is basically a promise to pay by an insurance company. Okay. okay. Now, the bonds we have talked about so mm-hmm. far are a promise to pay by the federal government. That's right. Or your local or corporation. Or, or, right. All right. All right. All right. So a, a fixed annuity is basically uh, when an insurance company says, give us your money. And we're going to write a contract with you, and we're going to pay you a certain amount of interest over a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will do a teaser rate, and they say, well, we'll, we'll give you 6%, but it's usually for one year. And then the other years are like at 25 or 3 right? Okay. okay. Sometimes it's a flat 4% okay. for a 4- or 5-year product. Okay. But when I say 4- or 5-year product, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the drawbacks to some of these, right? Okay. So uh, you've got to agree in this contract with the annuity company that you're going to tie your money up with them for a certain period of time. Okay. And if you get your money out early, typically there's a penalty to get your money out early. All right. So when you're going into any of the Mm -hmm. instruments we've talked about so far, whether it's a savings account, Mm -hmm. a CD, a government bond, Mm -hmm. or an annuity, um, you need to really ask yourself, what what do I need? What am I wanting here? Mm -hmm. If I want the yield, I want the income, then maybe I'm willing to leave the money somewhere. I'm willing to do a Mm two-year CD or a two-year bond or a five-year government bond or a Mm -hmm. 10-year or something like that. Because the most important thing on my mind today is all the income I can get. Mm -hmm. But if I'm looking for liquidity and the Mm -hmm. ability to get to the money... Mm -hmm. Then that severely limits your options. It does. It does. Now, these uh, fixed annuities you talked about, 
they sound kind of like the government bonds where you have a period of time where you have a prescribed rate mm-hmm. where uh, you know you, you use the word contract with the right. annuity companies and the government is a, a bond mm-hmm. uh, that basically is a contract too. that's right all right so what's the difference well, one of them is a government entity or a bank right. giving me their guarantee. Right. And typically have, uh, like in a bank's instance, has insurance on that product, right? Okay. All right. So you know that you've got kind of, uh, I guess, indemnity, if you will, if, if something goes wrong with the bank. All right. What about this insurance company? So the I'm insurance company at? is subject to the claims paying ability of the insurance company. Now, most insurance companies are well capitalized. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job with their fixed income instruments, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's unlikely that they would have any issues with their claims paying ability, but it has happened before. Okay. As it has happened with banks in the past. All right. You know? Yeah. And this is one of the reasons that every state in America has uh, a department mm-hmm. in the state called your insurance commissioner. Right. Right. And. They're supposed to review these contracts, right? That, not only do they re- review the contracts, they also review the companies that are issuing the contracts. Mm-hmm. And there are other uh, rating agencies that rate the insurance company. Okay. Right? right. Much like there are rating agencies that would rate a, a corporate bond or a government bond, mm-hmm. uh, the same thing happens with these insurance corporations or okay. companies. Mm-hmm. And they get a rating based on their claims paying ability. So if a bond is really great, it's mm-hmm. strong, the mm-hmm. claims paying ability is, is second mm-hmm. to none, and they're robust, yeah. mm-hmm. they're going to be rated... Really high. Probably triple A. Okay, so right. it, it's it's on a, a, mm-hmm. a, a thing using the alphabet. Right. Right? right. Uh, well, alphabet and numbers. Okay, yeah. all right. And then what about the insurance companies? How are they rated? What What's the yeah. nomenclature there? What, well, you know, a lot of times they call them AM best rated or, or, or whatever, but it's basically a rating mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, usually letters okay. is what they use. All right. You know, they're, they're an, uh, a double A rated insurance company mm-hmm. or, you know, if it's, if, if it's a, a B, double minus B, mm-hmm. you might want to be on the lookout for that one. Okay. Say. All right. And then when you get down in the C and the Ds, yeah. those are kind of the junk bond kind of thing, Correct. right? Yeah. All right. So now let's say Grandma or, or Daddy Warbucks over there, our executive producer, Phil, gives you $100,000. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't lose it. Yeah. Okay. And you're thinking, okay, I don't, I, you know, kind of like the guy in the line talking to Greg Cooley. I don't need to take a lot of risk with this. But in the meantime, I want to get all I can out of it. Right. So far, would you feel comfortable with everything we've talked about? You using the $100,000 that Daddy Warbucks gave you, mm-hmm. maybe not all in one thing. Yeah. But so would, I, I think that's a good point that you bring up. Mm-hmm. Yes, in that in that instance, I would feel comfortable with all of those options, but not just one of those options. Okay. So I think that there would be uh, good advice given to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? 
Why don't you leave a little bit of money in a savings account? Okay. Let that be your emergency fund or money that you can get to really quickly. You're not going to earn a lot on it. Okay. Maybe you do some CDs. Maybe you do some government, you know, uh, bonds. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do some corporate bonds. Maybe you do one of these fixed annuities. Okay. Of sorts. So you might have a combination within this cash bucket that you've got or short-term fixed instrument Uh bucket. If you're freaked out by the stock market. Mm Mm-hmm. You still have some options. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. All right. So you would, if he gave you the $100,000 and the only thing he said was don't lose the $100,000, you'd be comfortable with what we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else as we kind of look at the other alternatives that are available to people who are looking for yield, but they kind of want to limit their risk. What else would you throw in the mix here? Uh, So... uh, Along the annuity chassis, right, mm-hmm. uh, there have been some changes over the last several years in the way these products are issued. Okay. And I think that there are ways to have uh, stock market exposure in some of these products mm-hmm. um, with, with limited risk or no risk. Oh. So that sounds pretty good, right? Uh-huh. So how does it work? Right. Well, and, and they come in the form of equity-linked CDs. They come in buffered products, ETFs, that sort of thing, and also indexed annuities. Okay. Right? right. So the way these things work is, uh, and I'm going to use an indexed annuity uh, just for simplification here. You, you place your money with an insurance company, mm-hmm. and they will have certain guarantees on that money. They will say, you know what, Phil? Uh, you put your $100,000 here, and you will never see a statement that is less than what you put in it. Okay. Which is kind of enticing, right? As we said a while ago, Mm -hmm. even though the Mm -hmm. the $10,000 purchasing power is going down, Mm -hmm. it still gives me a little comfortable. To know that your $100,000 is going to show up on the statement every every time you get a statement. Yeah. Right. Okay. But it can be linked to some indexes, right? Or indices, if you would call them. All right. The S&P 500 is a big one. It's 500 of the largest stocks out there. Okay. What happened last year in the S&P 500? It went down. The stock market was down. Right. So if Daddy Warbucks did this product a year ago, mm-hmm. more than likely, if he had just invested in the S&P 500, his account would be down. Yeah. But if it's an indexed annuity, mm-hmm. he's going to look at his statement, and it's still going to show $100,000 in there at the end of the year. Okay. He didn't earn anything. But he certainly didn't lose anything. All right. But the year before, when the market yeah. was up, mm-hmm. 15, 16, right. 17, 18%. Yeah. What would it have done then? Well, so usually there's a cap involved because right. you can't have, again, your cake and eat it too. All right. But the insurance company is out to make a little money as well. Mm-hmm. So in that case, when the stock market was up 15 to 20%, mm-hmm. Phil over here might have only been up 6 or 7%. Okay. But that's okay because he didn't have any of the downside risk associated in with it. In the next He's year. comfortable with that rate of return. Yeah. Right? He said, I'll take a portion mm-hmm. of the upside, yeah. and you get to keep that, but I don't get any of the volatility and the downside. So if you look at it over a two-year period, mm-hmm. his rate of return, you know, mm-hmm. if he did say 6 7%, 7% mm-hmm. uh, in one year and 0% in the next year. He got 3 or 4%. 3.5% over right. two years, right? Mm-hmm. That's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And these contracts are Usually for how long? Uh, they can range between three and fifteen years. Mm. So that's a very important question right. to ask. 
What kind of liquidity do you have in these types of, of products? Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. soon can you get your money? Mm -hmm. uh, also, you know, what's the tax treatment of the income that you do receive on it? Yeah. Now we're getting in the weeds, and right. we need to really examine these weeds here at the Advisors Roundtable. So we're going to come back with a continuation of this discussion right here on Super Talk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Bubba Labus and yours truly Greg Cooley with you here on Super Talk. And we're talking about yield. And so, Bubba, you started to get in the weeds there with me. You know, mm -hmm. all this was sounding good. You were limiting my risk yeah. you were increasing my income since last year and i had to go and start talking about taxes right ah, taxes yeah all right so let's talk about that how we start at the very beginning what okay. we talked about today mm -hmm. a savings account how is it tied? so i'm going to lump all these together okay all right. savings accounts uh cds bonds etc mm -hmm. etc et mm -hmm. those first instruments excluding annuities, right? All right. All of those are taxed uh, when you receive the income. The year you get it. The year you get it. Okay. Right? So when we talk about CDs, when we mm -hmm. talk about bonds, when we took, talk about savings accounts, mm -hmm. not only do you have to talk about, you know, what's, what's the cost associated with those, mm -hmm. right? So we talked about uh, the, the cost of inflation mm -hmm. and what that does to those. Right. You also have to talk about the tax drag associated with those so you can get the net return correct so let's go back to daddy warbucks ten thousand dollars and he's putting mm -hmm. it in a two-year cd and he's getting four percent yep okay mm -hmm. so four percent every year on ten thousand dollars is 400 bucks correct isn't that what he gets well n not necessarily he does get that but he has to pay tax on that out right. of that. Out of that. Out of his yeah. other money. Because that $400 is seen as investment income to him. And it's income this year. And it's income this year. So let's so say... whatever that, his tax rate let's is. Let's say he's in the 15% tax yeah. bracket. Mm -hmm. So 15%. Yeah. He owes mm -hmm. off Correct. of $400. Mm -hmm. So he owes 60 bucks. 60 bucks. So his net return after tax is technically 3 point, what, 2%? So he got three hundred and forty. Three point four percent. So he yep. got three hundred and forty dollars. Mm -hmm. All right. After tax. After tax. He didn't get four hundred. Yeah. So, and we haven't even talked about municipal bonds yet, right? Uh -uh. Uh -uh. So a municipal bond uh, typically are bonds that are issued by cities, mm -hmm. state governments, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and they uh, can be uh, tax-free bonds. Oh, now right? you're speaking my language. Yeah. So a lot right. of people like those, right? right. Uh, Ross Perot, I think, was a, a famous billionaire that ran for president years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he was worth $4 billion and, mm -hmm. and said that he had all his money in municipal bonds. Okay. Right? Right. Which is fine. I mean, you get a lot of tax-free income off yeah. that, that money. And now they have capped the amount of mm -hmm. income and whatever that you can put in municipal sure. bonds and it be tax-free mm -hmm. because, you know, they started realizing, oh, some people have, um, you know, are right. smart here mm -hmm. when it comes to taxes yeah. and try to find their way around it. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So, so far, you basically told me that I'm going to have to pay tax on everything except municipal bonds, maybe. That's right. So then we move over to annuities. And the way annuities are structured mm -hmm. is uh, you, uh, it's a lot like an IRA. You're not taxed on that money until you take it out. Okay. Okay. So the way that would work is uh, an annuity has a stated rate of return. Let's say that it's the same, 4%, okay. right, mm -hmm. on the $10,000. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to have uh, $400 a year accumulated to that account. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't take a distribution from that account, you're not taxed on it. But if I put it there for income. If you put it there for income, you're going to be taxed on it. It's going to be just like the CD or exactly. like the bond. Yeah. But if I'm thinking, hey, this mm-hmm. is part of my portfolio that I need to be pretty conservative mm-hmm. with, and I need the 4% to be in there and help with my compounding, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily need the income right now, I've got income from other sources, then what you're saying is I can defer the tax. That's right. Defer it till when? Until you take it. And when I take it, yep. it is taxable, taxable that year. That's right. Just like it would have been yep. or whatever. Yeah. And, that, you know, to, to further cloud the issue, if you take it prior to a certain age, no. being 59 and a half, Ooh. you could have penalties associated with that income that you received. Right, so since we've been talking about this, you've gotten pretty complicated on it. I have, yeah. You know, yeah. I just started out with, I don't want a whole lot of risk and mm-hmm. I want some yield. But now I've gotten to the point, is it taxable now? Is it taxable in the future? Can I take it out? Am I going to have a penalty? Uh, you think a lot of people know to ask all these questions before they're enticed by the 4%? You know, I think that many people don't even um, realize that they need to ask the question. Absolutely. Yeah. So now I've been looking for yield here. What about me saying to heck with all this? And me not worrying about any institutions and banks and governments. Yeah. And I just go buy me a rent house. Well, I mean, you could do that. The other thing that you could do is just spend your principal, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, in this case, 10000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what would that take if, if you'd spend it $400 a year? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, how much longer will that last you? Right, right. And some people have done that. Mm-hmm. Over their lifetime, you know, they just take whatever they have and they don't want to have to deal with anything and they'll take their mm-hmm. chances that they can make it and they just put it in a mason jar and they go in there every month and take out a, a little bit mm-hmm. and yep. hopefully it lasts you. Yeah. But when you're looking at, you know, hey, I want to get 4%. So you take mm-hmm. $400 yeah. out of the $10,000, you know, it's not going to last me forever. Right. It's going to last a long time at that rate, right? but it's not going to last forever. 20, 25 years, yeah. if I only take $400. And that uh, may be all you're concerned about, right? Uh, Supplementing maybe. your income. Maybe, maybe. And if I did this other thing and I got, you know, take the $100,000 that Daddy Warbucks mm-hmm. gives you and he says don't lose it, well, if you went and bought a couple rent houses, do you think he would think you'd be losing it on the rent houses? Is that a probably a... If they're in decent repair, yeah. mm-hmm. is he going to be mad at you? I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Potentially so, he could be, but, but maybe not. All right. Because let's talk what about What are the it. risks associated with a rent house? Yeah, let's right? talk about that. What are the risks associated with Number one, you got tenants. Oh. Have right? you ever been a landlord? Yeah. Yeah. And tenants usually don't take the best care of your things. Boy, I tell you what, people are people. Even if it's just the, the regular maintenance that you've got to do on uh, painting after somebody leaves and filling the holes in the wall. Even if yeah. it's one of the Lord's disciples yeah. is mm-hmm. your tenant. Yeah. You still have to deal with people. Yeah. You still have to collect the rent. You still have to make the deposits. You still mm-hmm. have to paint when they leave. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just... Replace the doorknob that the dog chewed off. Uh, right? Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So that's a, do you see that as a risk? It is a risk. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, it, it may have the potential for a little bit higher rate of return. Okay. But again, it carries a little bit more risk associated with Could it. Could you take a fifty thousand dollars? We took the hundred thousand, mm-hmm. we divided it, and we bought two. Okay, mm-hmm. so we got fifty thousand dollars in a rent house. These days, in this part of the country, you're going to get six, eight hundred dollars a month out of that. I, I don't know that you could buy two rent houses with that. Mm, I'm trying but, to be generous Yeah, you, here. you're being generous. Mm-hmm. I think five to $600 a month mm-hmm. would be reasonable. Yeah, so that may be more income initially right. that you think mm-hmm. than you're going to get $400 a yeah. year out of your CD. But what do you have to pay, right? You've uh-huh. got to pay taxes on that property. You've oh. got to pay insurance on that property. Oh. You've got to pay maintenance, you know, uh, upkeep of that property. Uh, and, and then not only that, you've you've got to do like the move in, move out type stuff, repainting the walls and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are enticed mm-hmm. by the banker told me he gives me four hundred dollars or in, you know, in the case of a hundred thousand, forty or four thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year or whatever mm-hmm. on my thing and yeah. I can go over here and I can get six or eight thousand. Right. But by the time you net it out and the netting out is an important thing. It is. Yeah. It's an important thing to know how the taxes mm-hmm. are on your C D or on your bond or sure on your is. annuity or how this works with your mm-hmm. rent house. Cause you think you've jumped in here and you've been smart and you, you know, you got mm-hmm. two rent houses and you're going to get more income. You may have more expense, right? Maybe a lot more mm-hmm. expense. Now we haven't even talked about other ways to do real estate like REITs and, mm-hmm. and other ways we can find the yield and really talk sure. about dividends that come in from stocks, but those have a little bit more risk. We're moving mm-hmm. out on the risk continuum right. here, mm-hmm. but you may be able to compensate mm-hmm. for that with a little more income. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you don't know. It's a real, real tough question. It is. Yeah. A lot of people dealing with that these days. It's a tough question, but it has gotten a little bit better over the last year mm-hmm. with rates going up. Mm-hmm. It has. So for investors, as you pointed mm-hmm. out earlier, these rates going up hasn't been a bad thing. Sure. Maybe giving you some more options mm-hmm. as to what to do with your money, and maybe you don't have to take as much risk as you did before. Mm-hmm. But for saver, eh? And what about for borrowers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a trade-off to everything. Uh, and along the way, we had to deal with the inflation and the decrease in the purchasing power. This may hurt your brain. <laughs> Very you well could. Huh? Yeah, very well could. But we want to help you from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.